What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Good Monday morning, pinball fans. This is episode 214 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. Happy Monday morning. We are we are in the week leading up to TPF. It kicks off this Friday. I know a lot of you are going to be traveling there Thursday and Friday. Let's first wish everybody who is traveling from all over the world and from all the different states and Canada, Australia, I wish everybody safe travels on your way to Texas Pinball Festival. Even though we heard some news that a couple manufacturers won't be showing up, I can guarantee it's not going to make the show any less enjoyable and any less fun. Uh, We are going to have Blake Dumasnil join the show this week. Uh, that's Blake, I know you, you're listening, so that means you're confirmed to come on between sometime now and, and, and Friday. So let's do it. Maybe we can do it tonight because Brenda is in Boston and I have nothing but free time. Uh, we are going to talk about what our predictions for the show are and we're going to have a good time. Um, look, we talked on the last episode about Stern and Chicago Gaming pulling out. It was funny when I was reading uh, This Week in Pinball because I think for a lot of you out there, I, I go to that website uh, to hear Jeff's sort of take on all the different things going on in pinball. And you can even read on his site, there's just like not that much news in the world. There's not a lot. Everyone is saving the announcements for TPF. Uh, and even in his his sort of story about people pulling out of Texas Pinball Festival, he explains how disappointing and puzzling it is, right? And I think it's it's interesting because I think Jeff's going to realize what this podcast has realized many, many, many months, if not years ago, is at some point you just can't deliver the news on pinball. You also have to give your opinion. So I do enjoy seeing Jeff's opinion creeping more and more into This Week in Pinball. That it's not just an objective news outlet. He's going to have to start giving more opinions about how he feels. Because I think that's important. We'll we'll get to know more about him as as a person as well. And that leads me to uh, the first thing I want to talk about on this podcast, which is a pin side thread that someone put up. uh, And the topic was basically, what are your opinions on on what pinball podcast to listen to? So someone just asked innocuously that uh, they wanted to know what shows they should consider. And I want to thank everyone out there who recommended this show. I, I, I think the the majority of shows that were recommended are all the major ones that we know about. So Head to Head Pinball, Coast to Coast Pinball, uh, you, you got Slam Tilt, you got Bro Do, Do You Even Talk Pinball, you got Straight Down the Middle, uh, Pinball Profile. There's a lot, right? There's a lot out there. Spooky Pinball Podcast. Uh, and I think, you know, sometimes people want there to be like legitimate drama between these podcasts. And I want to once again, for the record, state that there is no beef between uh, this podcast and Head to Head Pinball Podcast. Uh, I was actually talking to Ryan like five minutes ago. He's on a plane heading over 
to, uh, I forget where he's going first, but he's on his way. He's on his way to Texas, to Vegas, to New York. We are really good friends. And as much as I know people want, uh, they don't want us to even make fun of each other. I, I feel like head-to-head pinball and Canada's Pinball Podcast, to use a good analogy in the world, it's like listening to Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. And you want to love both. And you know that there might be a little bit of like beef between the two parties, but you really love both of their music. I know I speak for most of you in pinball that T. Swift and and Katy Perry are are probably your go-to music choices, but it's okay. You guys can love both of us and listen to both of us, and it won't hurt either one of our feelings. (laughs) 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 He's making it revolting. (laughs) so i look forward to hanging out with ryan at texas pinball festival i'm also going to see him in new york now i do want to bring up something that occurred in this podcast thread that i think is is really interesting and if you haven't been following uh mike from home pin and you might be new to the whole pinball thing uh, i'm not going to go over it all again but i want to say this it's so ironic that Mike is now back on Pinside and he's doing the exact same thing and exuding the exact same behaviors that led Mike to announcing that he's never coming back to Pinside. If you remember, Mike said he's disabling his account and he would not be back on Pinside. He went over to uh, his hometown forum, the Aussie Arcade forum, and he, he basically created such a shit stir over there that he, he basically, he, he said he's leaving, but the moderator of that forum is like, dude, you're never allowed back. So I want to just talk about this for a minute because I, I, I think that Mike really has this revisionist history about what we said about him, why this show brought to light some of the comments he made, and why this show didn't let his comments go by without criticism. Okay. Long story short, um, for those of you who don't remember, uh, Mike was sort of using derogatory language. So imagine referring to people who are of the same sex as the F word and people who are black as the N word. And I'm just saying it like this. He might have said that stuff in in casual conversation amongst his friends and whatnot at, 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 at different pinball shows. But when you get called out and you basically defend using that terminology on a public forum and you basically say, yup, and I would use it again because that's who I am and I speak my mind. And I want to read what he said because he chimed in on this podcast thread. First, he wrote this. He said, it's sad that some podcasts choose to warp what they talk about because of their own personal beliefs or biases, and so they omit things, thereby presenting an incomplete and inaccurate picture to their listeners. Um, Sounds very much like the way religion is presented sometimes. Okay, so right there he's saying that I was inaccurate, and, and I am sort of like this religious figure that is warping all of your minds. So someone asked him to elaborate, and then he wrote, no need. Those that do this know who they are, and they have spelled it out 
in post in this very thread, a podcast that deliberately decides to leave things out of their podcast does themselves no favors. It should be realized that every single person in the world has a different opinion and also a different way of expressing that opinion. That doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just different. Okay, Mike, I want to stop you there, brother, because I want to just stop and say you don't get it. You don't get it. It's not right or wrong. It's, it's not saying it's different. It is right or wrong, okay? There is a right way to talk about people and there's a wrong way to talk about people, all right? You make it sound like it's just different, that you, you, can't, you can't say to me that using the N-word and using the F-word to describe people of same sex, it's just a different way to talk about them. You, look, you can decide to talk about them that way and you can justify it because that's just the way you and your buddies talk, but it's wrong. And if you think it's not wrong, then I encourage you to do this. I encourage you to go up to someone of the same sex and ask them how you could appropriately and casually use the F word. Or go up to African Americans, Mike, and ask them what's the appropriate casual way to use the N word that they would find acceptable coming from you, all right? So that's, he continues, he continues to keep this hardline stance on this whole thing. And I love that um, Ryan, who interviewed Mike, he interviewed Mike and when asked about whether or not there would be the ability to update the code in the game, when, when Mike was interviewed with Ryan, he said no. And then when he was called out on it, Mike went and accused Head to Head Pinball of editing out part of that interview, which was a total lie on Mike's part. And so, look, this whole thing, it's a dramatic shitstorm, all right? It doesn't end. Um, and I think Mike is once again, once again doing what he does best, which is he's not just focusing on his pinball machine. He's coming out and he's accusing people of being liars, of spinning the truth, of, of not really uh, understanding him in the, in the proper context. And let me ask all of you guys out there. Okay, what other pinball manufacturer do you, uh, company out there, what other company out there in the pinball world would make you feel bad about buying their product because of that company's personal beliefs, right? Do you know Gary Stern's personal beliefs or Charlie's, right? Do you know Doug's at, at Chicago Gaming? Do you know how these guys think politically and, and, and about like, political, you know, same-sex marriage topics. You know how these guys talk about people of, 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 of color? No, but why do we know all of this stuff about Mike? And why has he decided to allow all of this stuff to be part of the reputation of his company? And I'll tell you, it's all because of him. Like, I didn't make this stuff up. I didn't put words in his mouth. Um, these arguments began on the Aussie Arcade Forum and instead of just apologizing and say, hey, look, I said these things behind closed doors. I didn't mean it to get out there. I didn't mean any harm by it. Everything would have gone away. But instead, Mike just became uh, very bullish on, on all of this. And I, look, I don't like covering drama like this because as I've said before, and I think Ryan and Marty, I, think, I love their approach of like, you know what? We're just not even going to talk about this guy because it's not worth it. Um, but I just find it funny that Mike is jumping into a thread 
about which pinball podcasts are great. And then he comes into that thread to argue about the validity of this podcast and head-to-head pinballs podcast. Okay, I, 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 I honestly... I, I think he's crazy at this point. I really do. I just don't understand why this guy continues to bury his chances. And I'll tell you why. Between my podcast and Ryan's podcast and Marty's podcast, we have a, a good chunk of the new in box pinball collector audience who listens to both of our podcasts. And Mike really wants to pick a fight with us. I, I, I mean, who does that? Who does that? I mean, we say on this podcast, I say all sorts of things that aren't always positive about Stern, about Spooky, about Jersey Jack. You know, I speak my mind. I think I do it in a, in a professional manner. It's not a personal attack against these companies. Um, and never have I had anyone else ever either go on a public forum or, or say slanderous things uh, about me. And look, if I've said something, and I think you guys listen to this podcast enough, when I say things that I think are wrong, when I think are incorrect, when I think are insensitive, I will be the first person to apologize and say I was wrong. And I shouldn't have said that. And I apologize for, for making remarks that I should not have. Okay. And I, I, just, I just think, Mike, at this point, Mike, you, you've got nothing left. You've got nowhere else to go. I think what you need to do, Mike, I'm going to give you some advice. I think you need to cultivate the last remaining pinball community that allows you to be on it, right? Robin could very easily ban you from Pinside. Uh, he hasn't, but you've been banned from Aussie Arcade Forum. And if you want to remain a public figure in the pinball world, you just, you're, you're not going to fight your way to success. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Like, I've never seen a company that literally tries to succeed by battling the community. I mean, it, it is a unique approach. I, I think it's one that is going to fail horribly for Mike unless he changes his ways. Um, because as I was saying, there is no other pinball company out there that makes people feel bad for owning their product because of what uh, a closed-minded person the founder is of the company. Uh, and I, th I love what Mike said too. And this, this part is the dangerous part about how Mike thinks. He, he said something um, when someone was questioning, like, you know, all the, of, of the things he's been saying. He goes, you see, that's me being honest and you being easily tricked. You have no idea what the owners of Spooky are thinking because they hide their true opinions from the public. All right. So what does he mean by that? Does he mean that, like, Spooky might want to use the n-word and the f-word or spook you know spooky is not telling you who they really are because if they showed their true colors you would be just as upset with them as you are with with me is that what you're saying mike he says that's smart and i will admit i am dumb but that's me and if you are tricked by their lack of public openness well that's up to you some some need to look past the person and look at the bigger picture thanks for your honest post. I do appreciate honesty, but as you clearly state, it is not always the best policy. All right, Mike, you know what? Dude, you just gotta, I just think this guy just needs to make your game, ship your game, and let the merits of your game do the talking. We know that you stole Ben Heck's board. We know that you've um, said things that are ridiculous. You've battled everybody in every forum. We're gonna just say enough is enough. 
ship Thunderbirds. Let's see who buys it, okay? Let your game do the talking. And, and the last point I'll make is, you know what? That game better do some great talking because there's a lot of competition, Mike. And if you forget what you used to do, you used to go into other manufacturers' threads and shit all over them. Shit all over the companies, make fun of the games, make fun of how they were developing their machines, and then you're coming out with a pinball machine in 2018 that has orange freaking DMD dots, and you were making fun of how other pinball companies were making their products. You, look, you got an uphill battle, my friend. You got an uphill battle. Um, and all I'm going to say is, you did it wrong, man. You did it wrong. Anyway, let's move on from Mike from Homepin. But I just, I just found it funny that he continues to pop up like a whack-a-mole. Every time he says he's not going to show back up on a forum, he's back up on a forum. All right, well, what else is going on in the pinball world? Um, look, it's, it's going to be a great show for Spooky. If, if, if Spooky got the best news imaginable when CGC's like we're pulling out. I think Spooky got the best news imaginable when Stern said they're not going to show Iron Maiden. Um, I, I, I think that Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, if you think about the show right now, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle is the only pin, brand new pin, that we haven't seen before. Right? It, is, it, is going to, uh, it is going to have the spotlight. It is going to have center stage. And I will say this, it's their show to win or lose in terms of hype and in terms of sales coming from the show. Because the rest of the games we're gonna see, we've seen before, people have played before, there's nothing new. Like, how do you wow people with Pirates of the Caribbean? How do you wow people with Houdini? I mean, I, I'm just, when I say wow, I, I mean get that initial wow impact. I don't mean people are not going to enjoy those machines, okay? Let me, just, let me just stop people there. I'm not saying anything negative about those machines. I'm saying there is nothing like that moment when you see a pinball machine for the first time. Remember when they revealed Pirates? Remember how excited everybody was? Remember that energy? People were so excited that they immediately went in with their distributor and ordered $12,500 versions of the game. Now imagine if Jersey Jack had that excitement and enthusiasm, but also announced they were shipping that game within a month or two. Imagine the difference, right? And that's the advantage I think Spooky is going to have is that this game is going to be ready for the line and I think people are going to be handing him money immediately. I got to go feed Bubba. Hold on. A quick pause. All right. Bubba is being fed right now. I love it. He just barks like whenever he's hungry. So Spooky Pinball, is, I, I think, again, I think TPF is going to be their show. I, I think there's a lot, a lot of people who are going to go in on Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle if Spooky can take their money and get them their games pretty quickly. And, and we know this, that Spooky's assembly line and their production line um, gets it done. They get it done. You know, I, I've said some not so nice things about Rob Zombie and America's Most Haunted. I don't think they're the greatest games. I don't think you think they're the greatest games. I think Spooky knows that this is the game. This is the game that they need to uh, have a hit with. And I'm excited for it. I know they know it needs to be great. Uh, I know from certain people that have seen some stuff that it's going to look amazing. Uh, so it's got a lot going for it. And the fact that Stern and Chicago Gaming are not going to be there, man, man, it is, it is uh, too spooky's advantage. Um, all right, so 
who else at this show is really going to be looking to make a splash, right? I mean, I've been thinking about that. And so uh, Kingpin, we, we saw that Kingpin is going to be revealed at TPF. And look, I hope it's not that new art package on Kingpin. I, I, I really, really hope they didn't go in that direction. Um, but look, at the thing about Kingpin is this. We've seen Kingpin. We all know the game Kingpin. It's one of these ultra-rare prototype games. There's only, what, eight in the world selling from anywhere from thirty to forty to fifty thousand dollars and now we're being told they're going to remake it now the thing with this is kingpin is being remade by who right this pinball circus people and what have they done what have they what have they managed to make ever I mean, they went off and, and, and are, they've been trying to make that Python Angelo game for years now and nothing's been completed and now they're going to remake Kingpin. Um, I, I just don't, uh, I don't have faith in these companies who upload a picture of like the production or the and when they're working on the game and it just looks like a couple of dudes in a garage. Uh, because I think it's one thing to make a prototype version of a game, but to actually put something into production, I have very little faith in it. Now, if if Spooky Pinball was like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna be manufacturing the remake of Kingpin, it'd be like take my money now. And I and I think that's where we're at in pinball right now is unless you have a, a proven production line or unless these guys show like a final version of Kingpin uh, that's been completely remade and they have a path to manufacturing, I, I just don't know how you feel good about it. Do you hear Bubba barking again in the background? I mean, this guy, unbelievable. Sometimes I don't know if Bubba needs to go out or if he's just, just hungry. Anyway, so I don't know how you feel good about um, Kingpin being remade. I, I think that if they do remake it, if we were just going to talk hypothetically, knowing that that's an ultra-rare game, if I could give these guys some marketing advice, I would announce a very, very small run of Kingpin. I, I don't think you make 200. I don't think you make 400. I think you make like 50. Um, and, and again, because I don't think this company has the manufacturing capability to make hundreds of Kingpins. I mean, this is not a company with an assembly line. Uh, Where's this game going to be made? Who's are, are they sourcing it out? Who knows? There's so many more question marks. I really hope they don't take pre-order dollars on Kingpin without knowing they can get people their games. I, I hope that's not going to be the case. All right. And what else is going on at TPF? So Stern, we talked all about them. I, I'm disappointed. I, I think you know. Imagine. Why does, why, here's the question I have. Why do you have to be able to play the game at TPF to reveal the game at TPF? When you go to a car show, do you get to drive the car or do you get just to see it, right? They give you the specs, they show you the car, it comes out, it's like on a little rotating stage. You don't get to drive it. Media don't get to give their first impressions. So why is there so much pressure that every time a game is ready to be revealed, that it also has to be playable? Now, we know what happened when they showed Batman last time and it was just there and no one could jump on it and everybody was like bummed out. But there was a reason why we, we found out is the code was like nowhere near playable, um, which always begs the question. They just revealed Batman too early. But from what I'm hearing, Iron Maiden is not in the same place that Batman 66 was when it was revealed. Iron Maiden, the code is far along. Iron Maiden is ready to be shown. That's what I'm hearing. 
And so Stern's decision not to show it, I, I mean, I just don't know. I, I, I feel like they keep, they keep acting like these pinball shows don't matter. Now, speaking of pinball shows not mattering, we got the news last week uh, that Pinball Expo is no more in, in, in the sense of the way it used to be. Now, I think it's about time that everyone just admits that Pinball Expo has fallen off. It, it has never been, uh, a, the last few years, Pinball Expo has continued to slide further and further down in terms of, of being a great pinball show. Now, it's, it's unfortunate because Chicago is the home of pinball. And with Chicago being the home of pinball, it's kind of sad that uh, the, the, the main pinball show uh, has become so poorly run. And, I, you know, I think I, I've heard all the drama about Mike and this and that and whatnot. And so now it seems that his partner is breaking away and Rob Burke and Chicago Pinball Expo um, will now have this like apparently maybe two shows so rob burke is going to break away and have a show in september called pinball palooza uh, but apparently mike um, is also planning to still have expo in october so that's stupid there there is no way there is room for two competitive pinball shows uh, a month apart i actually prefer going to chicago in september solely because it's warmer so that 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 is my vote um and look it's just like it's just silly that these guys couldn't work it out or we just can't get a better show in chicago and with stern being in chicago i I think you know I, i think it's not just mike it's not just rob it's stern being there it's stern's backyard american pinballs in chicago you've got all these pinball personalities in chicago all all of them couldn't just come together and say, how can we do this right? And I think um, it's really unfortunate. I think Stern should have led more of the charge to make Chicago Pinball Expo something magnificent. I think instead, Stern tried to like compete with it a little bit. And it was always like, Stern's going to do this major party off-site. And Stern's going to charge people to come into this off-site. And then you'd always have like the pinball life party would happen at another location. And I always felt like when I went to Chicago Pinball Expo that I, that I was torn, that I'd travel there, but yet half the things I wanted to go do weren't even at the show. And I think that's the other thing is if you're having these shows a month apart, there's no way people are going to travel back again to Chicago. So uh, I think the pressure is on to, to see which show delivers the most uh, because they're going to be competing now to get uh, manufacturers to choose their show as the place to to see new stuff. So, will manufacturers remain loyal to Mike and reveal games at Expo, or are they going to switch gears and go to Pinball Palooza instead? Uh, I, I really I I can't imagine uh, any any faster way to not getting laid than to asking a girl. If she if she'd rather go to Pinball Palooza or Chicago Pinball Expo, I mean seriously, I mean I can't even believe like we now have like two to choose from in the same city. All right, so I'm also reading Pinside and I'm seeing uh, a thread all of a sudden bump to the top of Pinside that is uh, 
Multimorphic P3 at Texas Pinball Festival 2017. Post picks video reviews here. Uh, and that thread has three pages of activity from a year ago. And people are chiming in. Uh, Frolic just chimed in and said, I wish I could inject some wind behind the P3 sales. Here we are with a new game being shown at TPF and nobody is talking about it. Why do you think that is, Frolic? Let's see. Was it uh, Cosmic? Kart Racing is going to be shown from P3 Multimorphic because the answer is simple. P3 Multimorphic has made the runs at shows now for over five years. People have seen the platform and it, it is the exact reason why. It's really hard to get people excited again and again and again and again when the platform is the same and nothing on the platform has popped out and just like blown people away. I mean, it, it's like, oh, I, I want to say this with being nice, but I also want to just be honest. It, it, it's just like, at what point, at what point is like, have you seen P3 Multimorphic enough? At what point have you seen it all? And, and I think you've seen it all. I, I, I don't think like you're going to get like another title right now that's going to be like, oh, now I'm going to go in. When P3 Multimorphic was announced five years ago, right? When it was announced, the pinball marketplace had very few players in it. If Jerry was able to get that product to market when he had the idea, it would have been much different. But now you're really asking people to spend $10,000 on this platform. 10 grand. All right. And look at the options that they have now. They've got remakes from Chicago Gaming. They've got all the titles from Stern. They've got all the titles from Spooky. They've got all the titles from Jersey Jack Pinball, right? There's now like Kingpin being remade. There, there's like, there are, there's Houdini. There, there are so, there's, you know, I don't, I didn't even throw in like Alien and, and the Big Lebowski. There, there's like, there are literally, there are literally like eight or more pinball manufacturers competing with Multimorphic. And it's, and, and here's the thing, as much as everybody uh, will publicly celebrate all new pinball, it, it, it's now harder than ever harder than ever to sell pinball machines to people. There is more competition now than ever before. And if your thread has just three pages of activity, I mean, I don't know what you go do to drum up excitement for this thing. Um, you know, and Jerry's a good guy. He's a good guy. And it's nothing personal. It's just like until this platform gets get something that pops, you're just not going to see people gravitating towards it. And Jerry reached out to me to maybe help him figure out a way to get a title. I, here's the thing is like, I, I can't go do a licensing deal. You need money to do a licensing deal. My job, I, I'm not a venture capitalist. I can't help you raise money. I can't. Um, I, I don't know where all the money went. I think a lot of money goes into pinball ventures and I, I, sometimes I think you can spend the money in the wrong ways. And I've said this before, nobody ever said they need so much of a pinball machine to be re-engineered. I think, look what happened to Andrew Highway. He had to like 
try a whole different way with the modular system and swappable playfields. Go into the Highway Pinball thread and read from the people who bought Full Throttle. Read what those people are saying. Those people are just trying to get the swappable alien kit. They want to buy it. They have their money out. They say, can you sell me the alien kit I paid for? And they are never going to be made whole. Highway Pinball will most likely never make the swappable alien kit, which was the whole premise behind Andrew Highway's company. That was what differentiated him. All right. I mean, P3's got their differentiator. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, as I see these companies constantly trying to differentiate, and then I look over and Stern Pinball is just selling millions of dollars worth of product. You know, Houdini's a, Houdini's a normal pinball machine that's selling. Spooky Pinball makes normal pinball machines that sell. I just haven't seen a scenario in which this like leap forward, this huge leap forward in innovation has led to any sales, okay? And that's just the way it is. You know, Frolic, if, Frolic, do you even own a P3? Do you own one? I mean, I don't know. Does he? Go buy one. I just don't see people unboxing P3 Multimorphics. I don't see any unboxings happening. I, I, where are these games? Where are these, like, how many have shipped to date? And I, and I just think it's, like, at the point now where, um, you know, they need to get the title to, to, move, to move the platform. And it's not on me. It's not because, look, I'm a good marketer. I'm a good marketer, but I'm not, I can't, I can't correct marketing decisions that have already been made, okay? In my field, when I get handed something that's like already got a lot of issues, you can't market spin something, especially in pinball. And I've said this before, like you don't have to overthink pinball. But you do need to give people something they want. And you can't think you're Steve Jobs and be like, I'm going to give people the thing they know they don't even know they want. It's not that kind of industry. It's not. Like we know what works in pinball and we know what people are looking for. And you've got to deliver on one of those simple things. If you try to do too much, you know, it's like it ends. you end up here with three pages of activity from from your show last year. And we've got to bump up a Texas pinball thread from last year. Um, the only, look, and, and look, if Cosmic Kart Racing is incredible and it blows people away, cool. You know, look, I, I, I think again, like people have played this thing for so many years at so many shows. And at what point, at what point are you like, I, I don't know how do we get people buying this thing? Um, so that's where it's at, you know, look. and. Look, this is hard for me too because, man, like I say this stuff and then I go to these shows and I want to have a good time at these shows and I have to walk by these guys. I have to walk by Jerry. I have to walk by Charlie. I have to walk by them. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to walk by the show and see these people face to face, but I just got to give my, 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 my opinions and my take on these things. I, 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 I don't know what else to do. I, I think I'm as nice as possible. And I, and I think everyone out there who makes a pinball machine, um, your machine has to do the talking. Your machine has to do the talking, and uh, I'm allowed to give my opinion about machines. And, you know, look, I caught a lot of flack for not being, like, cheerleading 100% Houdini, but I thought I was fair with the Houdini. I, I, look, I'm reading the Houdini thread. People love it. People are getting their Houdinis, and they are really enjoying the machine. Now, who are you going to believe more? 
Here's the hard part. Who are you going to believe more? The guy who has it, plays it every day, who gives you feedback, or me. Now, the problem is this, is people always tend to hype the machine they just bought. Like, when's the last time someone's like, oh, man, I just bought Dialed In and I'm not really feeling it? Like, those people remain pretty quiet and they sort of sell the game under the radar. Um, but the only person who can formulate an opinion about a game and whether you should own that game. The only person who can really tell you if it's the right game for you is you. You have to go see if it's the kind of game you like. And if you can't, then you better find some motherfuckers you trust on the forum and, and listen to their opinions, all right? So that's that, that's that's my take, all right? There's, there's going to be... Here's the thing that scares me to death is there are other pinball machines coming out that you don't even know about, all right? There's more coming to this marketplace. And I, I'm concerned. I'm really concerned that there's too many people uh, fighting for not a big enough piece of a pie. There's not enough money in this hobby to accomplish what a lot of these companies are trying to do. And it's because the only portion of the pie that's available to these startups isn't the stern portion of the pie or the Chicago gaming portion of the pie. When you're small, I mean, you're fighting for boutique dollars. And, but the problem is this. The problem is this. Nobody wants to wait. Nobody wants to wait. Nobody's going to like go in and, and, and give you money unless you're proven uh, because we saw what happened with all the manufacturers who burn people. And it's really hard to compete with, you know, here's a famous IP and you can have this game tomorrow. Like you can have Star Wars, you can have Batman, you can have Ghostbusters. No, don't buy those games that could be in your game room tomorrow. Let's wait and go in on a new company that has absolutely, you know, no track record. All right. Now, look, there are some companies coming out that I'm really excited for. There's things coming down the pipeline that I've seen, that I know about, that you don't, that I, that I think are gonna blow people away. Um, but I do think all of those companies are gonna run into some hesitation and some you know, cynicism about their ability to deliver. Now, from a marketing standpoint, I think some of these companies coming out are, are doing it right. And you're going to know more about them as we sort of go on this year. And this stuff's going to come to light this year. I know it's terrifying. Imagine all you know coming out asking for your money that there's more coming that is going to be asking for your money. Um, but we'll talk more about those things as they develop. But uh, it's, it's an interesting time to be in the hobby, all right? So let me, let me go to some user email and then we'll call it a day because I got I got to exercise and then I got to get to work. Sorry guys, Monday morning. Um, we'll have some more interviews coming up. I know it's been just me for a while. Uh, let's see. So I got an email from Josh Kugler. Josh, thank you for reaching out. Um, do, 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 do. And Josh was just basically saying like, Canada, like you didn't get my tone when I wrote in the thread. I know he was, he wasn't saying like, you're wrong and I'm right. I know he was being sarcastic. Um, he said, the speed of games leaving here continues to increase each week. Um, as you have seen in my post, quality before quantity. Um, as you have also seen, there have been very few issues with Houdini machines, especially when you compare it to well. And then he said, fill in the blank. Um, and I also read something that was really interesting, that Joe Balser plays every machine 
for 20 minutes before it is put into a box to make sure everything is working right. And I, I thought that was great. You know, I think, I do think these guys are doing it right and they are making sure that every game uh, is quality because every uh, new inbox game from a new manufacturer lives or dies by the initial word of mouth and quality is the most important thing. I mean, we all saw uh, all those alien pinballs being opened up and being broken and having issues immediately. And we all saw what that, what that caused in, in terms of people's desire to stick with that company, all right? He then goes on to say the laugh track bit, poking fun at head-to-head -head was very funny. I laughed every time you played it. <laughs> <laughs> those guys do laugh a lot seems a lot of it are things only they would laugh at either that or they are smoking some really good stuff nice to see you guys having some fun poking fun at each other important that us pinball people don't take ourselves too seriously uh, the broadway play part was pretty amusing i look forward to hearing some of the dialogue from it will it be a musical uh, you are welcome to visit us in Chicago anytime. Hope to give you a tour of the factory and give you some pinball playing lessons. Well, Josh, thank you. Um, I definitely will take you guys up on that factory tour. I always love to see pinball machines being made behind the scenes. And I think you're right. I mean, look, there is always a lot of drama in this hobby. And, and, and I was reading Ryan's post on the podcast thread on Pinside, and he's basically like, like we, we, we've decided not to focus on a lot of the drama because drama is cancer and whatnot. Now, my opinion is, how do you cover the pinball hobby and the pinball collector hobby without talking about the drama? Because half of the companies out there are dramatic, have cost people money, and half of the personalities in this hobby are, are dramatic. And so, look, you know, you can look at it either way. I, I tend to try and focus on all aspects of this hobby, including the drama. And yes, when I do see dramatic situations where I do sort of feel like we're identifying something that needs to be brought to light that might not be positive, I still think we should. I, I don't think we should shy away from things that are happening in the hobby just because uh, it doesn't make us feel good, right? All right, I got an email. Let's see, do, 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 from Dave Falgren. Dave, thank you for writing in. Dave's been a guest of the show recently. We're gonna get him back on. He wrote, two of my new inbox friends are taking their remake money to buy pirates. Wonder how much Chicago Gaming lost by not releasing the new remake. Tax return season is prime pinball purchase time. Sold two games in the last three weeks myself. Remember, pinball people have to buy new pins or they'll die. See you in Texas, Dave. Well, Dave, here's the thing. Um, I think your friends are idiots, and I'll tell you why. Why would they? Why would they go buy pirates and not the new game from Chicago Gaming? I'll tell you why. I think your friends are idiots because I don't think Pirates of the Caribbean is going to ship before. Chicago Gaming's game number three. So what would the rush be? Like, why would they pull their money uh, because they haven't seen Chicago Gaming game number three? And so, you know, it also begs the question is, what is game number three? And I, I, I was reading that thread. So now it's gone from Monster Bash. Was an, it was almost certainly going to be Monster Bash. 
And now we've got people saying it's Big Bang Bar. We've got people saying it's, it's Circus Voltaire. And I think the comment that Chicago Gaming made uh, in that they are sort of, uh, sort of redesigning some of the innovation in the game or adding more to it has led people to believe that there's going to be some, a new code. And so then people are saying, well, which game needs additional code and support? And it's not Monster Bash. Big Bang Bar is a game that wasn't fully flushed out code-wise. Uh, it's anyone's guess. It's anyone's guess. I, I think that Chicago Gaming has created uh, a lot of conversation by purposely making us wonder what it's going to be. I, I think when they announced all those titles they were going to make at once, isn't that interesting? By announcing so many of them, you know, Theater of Magic, Big Bang Bars, Circus Voltaire, Cactus Canyon, Monster Bash, by saying it could be any one of these games and it could also be uh, another game that's original, now they've they've almost done the opposite of what Stern does in which Stern wants to keep every title completely secret and every title private. And yet, where are we at with Stern? We know what every new game is. They just won't admit it. We know it's Iron Maiden. We know it's Deadpool. We know there's Beatles. We know there's Munsters. You know, we know these games are coming out. Maybe there's Jurassic World in there, but no Stern title is ever a complete mystery anymore. And yet Chicago Gaming is like, here's everything we're coming out with over the next few years. It's your guess which, which order they're gonna be in. And I kinda wish Stern would just do that for us so we could just wait. And we all know Jersey Jack's got Toy Story and Willy Wonka, maybe Guns N' Roses coming. We know this. Like if you buy Pirates of the Caribbean, you know Toy Story and Willy Wonka are coming. You know, it's just when that's gonna happen is the only question mark. And the same is true with Chicago gaming. I do like the approach of just letting us know the titles and let, you know, because we're going to be waiting a few years anyway to get to all of them. So it's no harm, no foul. Uh, I think Stern's sort of uh, got a lot more to lose and Stern has a lot more at stake because uh, they need the line to keep moving. And if people pause on a title because they know about another title coming out, uh, it's not going to, it's not going to help their bottom line. But but I'll say this, I keep hearing that Stern had their best year ever last year. And if Stern had their best year ever last year, and that included like the leaks and the delays and this and that, I don't think anything can really touch them with the titles they have. I, I, I really don't. All right, one last bit of gossip that I heard, then we're gonna, we're gonna call it a day because I gotta exercise. So I heard from multiple sources that, and this probably happened months ago, this probably, I don't know when the timeline is for this, but do you know that Dutch Pinball went to Chicago Gaming Company and tried to ink a deal to get Chicago Gaming Company to make the big Lebowski Pinball? And Chicago Gaming Company turned them down. So I don't know if that happened before this Chinese contract manufacturer came on board. Probably did. I don't think they would do it after. I don't think that's that rumor. If that, if that happened now, yeah, then I'd be really worried. Um, but that's, that just goes to show these guys, they've just been trying to figure out a solve for this thing. And I don't know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't look good. It's, it's March and still no real word on when people can, are going to get their big Lebowskis. All right, everyone, enough of the drama, you know, enough of the drama. Can't we all just get along in the pinball world? <laughs>
<laughs> Stop it. I sound like I'm going to the toilet. All right, everyone. That's episode 214 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Um, we're going to be at TPF this week. Lots of fun stuff com- coming. I'm going to bring my, my snowball mic. Maybe we'll get like Ryan and some other podcasters to do like a podcast Royal Rumble from the show. That'll be funny. Um, everyone, have a great Monday. Have a great beginning to your week, and we'll talk to you real soon. Lady, don't hurt.